Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. A beautiful thing tonight. And uh, it's the Day of Atonement. It was a few days ago. But as I've taught through the feasts of Israel the last couple of years, I, I don't uh, think I've done a message just on the Day of Atonement. So um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to get through what I think are the most important things about this feast, but I, I want us to think about some things beforehand, before I really get into the message. Uh, the Day of Atonement was the most holy day for the nation of Israel. And for us living under the New Covenant, um, we we have to make some effort to think about what an important day this was in Israel. Uh, because this this was the day that the sins of the nation were dealt with for that year. Uh, and even going beyond the nation of Israel, uh, you you had to be part of the community of Israel for for this even to work for you. So if you were outside of Israel, I mean, there there just there wasn't any hope for you. Uh, your your sin was just there, staring you in the face. Uh, because you were created in the image of God, you knew it was there. Uh, you, you knew that there was something terribly wrong, but there, there was no answer. There, there, was, there was no uh, way to, to peace. Uh, so, if you were part, blessed enough to be part of the, the nation, the community of Israel, then once a year on, on the Day of Atonement, your, your sins could be atoned for. Uh, and I, I'm going to get into a little bit of the difference between having something atoned for Versus being forgiven, because uh, there, there's there's a difference, and and we need to understand that difference. Because as as much of a blessing as as the Day of Atonement was for Israel back before Jesus, it what it pointed toward that Jesus would ultimately fulfill is so much more glorious, so so much more of, of a blessing 
for us. That our, our sins have, have been dealt with because of Jesus. We, we who have received that forgiveness, our, our sins, are, it's, it's as if they're no more. And, and not just the ones that are in the past. And that, that's what kind of blows you away, that the ones that are in the future are dealt with as well. So there's, there's no guilt. There's, there's no shame. There's, like Marty was singing in that last song, there, there's no reason to hide anymore. Um, and and we we live in in this time under the new covenant when when we can come into the presence of the lord uh, just at at any time and and so uh you know back when the the two goats were were being selected and one was for the Lord and the other one was was the scapegoat back in those days one person could go into the holy of holies on one day of the year and the day of atonement was that day and it had to be the high priest and and he had to be cleansed literally had 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 to be washed and and he had to wear special clothing he he couldn't wear his normal garments of glory and beauty uh and instead he he put on some white linen simple stuff that that showed that that just pointed to Jesus and his humility and how he put on human flesh in order to take this role. And Arnie, as you were talking up here, I just, I, I think it was the Lord uh, that on the cross, you know, as, as Jesus was suffering horribly for us, and, and nobody took his life from him. He gave it willingly. I, I believe the Lord said he was smiling because of what he knew he was accomplishing that had been in the heart of God for, for so, many, so many hundreds and thousands of years. And, and now... <laughs> A way was being made for for anyone, Jew and Gentile, to to be able to come. And that's that's so amazing when we look at it from the perspective of the past and instead of the perspective of what we enjoy every day. And 
you know, when when we look at it from that perspective of the past, to have the blessing of, of the opportunity to come into the presence of the Lord every day, how how could we not do it? How how could we be too busy to to not go through the the veil that was rent for for us? Uh, so the, the, I mean, these are just some things that I, I've been thinking about the, the last few days, and and there there's even another thing that that kind of blows me away, and I don't. I wish I understood all all the spiritual truth and reality of of how this works but you you have somebody like David who is living under that old covenant and where the atonement the day of atonement is happening each year and it's it's happening but but this this guy somehow is able to see into the new covenant and and live under it. I don't know how that works. I'd like to because you know that that speaks something for us that that there there are things that are available under the new covenant even that people have not yet entered into and there's a way to get there i i i don't know how but i want to get there there's there's a fullness that Paul talks about in Ephesians and and he talks about it in Galatians how how he travailed as as if he was in childbirth for for the church in in Galatia for for Christ to be formed in them so there's there's a reality that's that's available that that Paul was laboring for people to enter into that that I don't think we've entered into yet but there the the veil is is rent. So, how do we get there? I I don't have the answer tonight. I, but I I know part of the secret, if you can call it that, uh, of David was was hunger and and thirst. And and the Psalms are, are where we have these glimpses of of David and and his his dialogue with 
with the Lord and how he understood things that were hundreds of years in the future that, that nobody else was seeing. I mean, the prophets were, were seeing a little bit, but it seemed like he had the whole picture. And, and so there's, there's something there that, that we need to not be satisfied that we have not laid hold of. Because we're not living under the old covenant even anymore. And and what what if there are things and, and see this is where it gets kinda interesting and you can think about this when you're lying in bed and you're trying to get to sleep. Because the enemy will probably want you to go to sleep rather than think about this kind of stuff. <laughs> what what if there are things that according to the plan of God aren't really available until let's say the millennium because that's the next thing that's the next covenant the next reality so what if there are things that are only available then but if David could access things from the old covenant that were in the new covenant why can't we access things that are for the millennium now under the new covenant. Anyway, that's not even part of the message. That's just some stuff that I've had a hard time not thinking about as as I've been looking into the Day of Atonement. And uh, we, we can... Uh, we could do this uh, by reading Leviticus 16, which really lays out everything in, in the Day of Atonement. Or you can promise me that you'll read Leviticus 16, <laughs> and we can hit the highlights, and then then we're also going to get into Hebrews chapter 10. So... How many want to read Leviticus 16? Okay, that's enough of you. We'll we'll go for it. Then the the summary will probably take less time. So Leviticus 16, we're we're going to look at the whole chapter because it it just lays out uh, this this part of the feast, and you have to understand that. Uh, <clears throat> There, there are essentially seven feasts of Israel, and and we know that that most Christians don't think a lot of these feasts 
because they're considered to be the feasts of Israel, but the reality is, in, in the Word of God, they're called the, the feasts of the Lord. So they are His feasts. Uh, Israel was blessed to be His people, so they got the revelation of these feasts. And there, there are the spring feasts, uh, unleavened bread, um, Passover, and first fruits. And then 50 days later, there's the Feast of Pentecost, where the law was given on the initial time. And then in the second chapter of Acts, we know that Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, and that was the beginning of the last days. So then, later in the year, uh, in the fall, now we have the last three of the feasts, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. So I'm, I'm only going to try to hit the Day of Atonement tonight, because I, I think I covered last year um, the Feast of Tabernacles, and, and I, I think I covered a little bit on trumpets, but I didn't do much with, with this one. And if you remember last year, last September, about, about a year ago, uh, we had our solemn assembly on the Day of Atonement. And, I mean, that was, <clears throat> that was the most appropriate day of, of the year to have a solemn assembly because that's what the Day of Atonement was for the nation of Israel. It, it was a day of solemn assembly. It was a day of fasting. It was a day of humbling themselves before the Lord a day of repentance before the Lord and, and great thanksgiving for what he would do for them on that day. So let's go ahead and uh, look at Leviticus 16. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron and just a little bit of background, Nadab and Abihu, uh, the sons of Aaron, they thought it would be cool, I guess, to uh, put the incense in, in, on the coals and uh, enter into the presence of the Lord uh, at a time they were not called to do so. And and so they were they were killed. Uh, they uh, <laughs> uh, at, at that time, like I said, one day of the year, one person, the high priest, could go into the holy of holies. And we're going to look at the very specific instructions. <laughs> for how how that was supposed to work. So the the presumption of Nadab and Abihu uh cost them their lives. And 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 
the instruction there for for us and and the Lord has dealt with me about this that uh, when we come to him uh, we we need to have a reverence and awe at the privilege that we have and and not just come to him in a rush as if we need to get this thing checked off on our list so we can get on to bigger and better things uh no there there aren't any bigger and better things <laughs> than coming before the lord uh so we we need to take care to give the lord our our full attention and and make that time sacred uh that's that's a word that we don't use very often but th- that is the most sacred time that we have so we we need to consider that anyway it'll the rest of the chapter will go faster than this <laughs> so uh the lord spoke to moses after the death of the two sons of aaron when they drew near before the lord and died and the lord said to moses tell aaron your brother not to come at any time into the most holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark so that he may not die for i will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat but in this way aaron shall come into the holy place with a bull from the herd for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering he shall put on the holy linen coat and shall have the linen undergarment on his body and he shall tie the linen sash around his waist and wear the linen turban these are the holy garments he shall bathe his body in water and then put them on he shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and one ram for a burnt offering Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house then he shall take the two goats and set them before the lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting and Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats one lot for the lord and the other for Azazel or the scapegoat and Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord and use it as a sin offering but the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it that it may be sent away into the wilderness to Azazel Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself and shall make atonement for himself and for his house he shall kill the bull as a sin offering for himself and he shall take a censer full of coals 
of fire from the altar before the Lord and two handfuls of sweet incense beaten small and he shall bring it inside the veil and put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony so that he does not die. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat on the east side. And in front of the mercy seat, he he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people and bring its blood inside the veil and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull sprinkling it over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the people of Israel and because of their transgressions, all their sins. So he shall do for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleanness. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times, and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the people of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area. And he shall let the goat go, go free in the wilderness. Then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting and shall take off the linen garments that he put on when he went into the holy place and shall leave them there. And he shall bathe his body in water in a holy place and put on his garments and come out and offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people and make atonement for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar. And he who lets the goat go to Azazel shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. And the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp. Their skin and their flesh and their dung shall be burned up with fire. And he who burns them 
shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. And it shall be a statute to you forever that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict yourselves and shall do no work, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you, and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statute forever. And the priest who is anointed and consecrated as priest in his father's place shall make atonement, wearing the holy linen garments. He shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary. He shall make atonement for the tent of meeting and for the altar, and he shall make atonement for the priests and for all the people of the assembly. And this shall be a statute forever for you, that atonement may be made for the people of Israel once in the year because of all their sins. And Aaron did as the Lord commanded Moses. Whew. So there's there there was a lot there. So Aaron he he had to be clean before the Lord, not just physically clean, which he did have to be physically clean. He had to be washed and he had to put on the special garments. But he had to make atonement for himself and for his household first before he he could even start with with the rest and and see all all of this points forward to Jesus and i i'm uh, you know unfortunately i i don't have my clock up here so <laughs> i I don't want to keep you here all night. I probably could. So I'm not going to get to all of the symbolism, but I, I want to get to the most important parts of, of the symbolism of, of this, this whole thing. Because I, I would like to eventually get um, to uh, the book of Hebrews. So... The first thing I, I want to define for you is is atonement. Pardon? No, that's okay. If it gets to be like 8 o'clock, let me know. <laughs> so the animal sacrifices and offerings, they were they were made to to atone for the sins of of man and specifically for the sins of the people of Israel and it was interesting because it specifies for for their sins for their iniquities for their transgressions so the the lord has different categories for our our wrongdoing and and they were all going to be atoned for through this process but 
atonement, that Hebrew word that is translated atonement, it means to, to cover, to placate, to appease, to pacify, to reconcile. And that, that's probably the most important word. Because we, we know that the Lord is holy. And, and our sins separate us from him. And that, that was true for Israel. It was true for the people of all the other nations. And the people of all the other nations, they, they didn't have any hope at that time, unless they be, became part of the community of Israel. And, and some did, but not, not that many. So this, this atonement was, was an annual thing that had to be done every year to cover the sins for the last year, all the wrongdoing that was done by the community of Israel. That is much different than the forgiveness that we live in as the people of God under the new covenant. Because that, that forgiveness that, that we enjoy is to, the Greek word, to, to lay aside... I like that one. To to omit, to send away, to to remit. The the sins are sent away. They're they're not just covered with the blood of an animal anymore. So that they're not seen, but they're still there. But under the forgiveness that we enjoy, our sins are sent away. <laughs> far, far away. And how far? Yeah, as far as the east is from the west. How far is that? Infinity, right? <laughs> that's, that's the only way you can describe that. How far is the east from the west? Well... You keep going east, you end up west. But how far do you have to go to get there? I mean, infinity, I think, is is a better concept. That's that's what we enjoy. So, no animal could cleanse people from sin. They they were covered. They were atoned for. It took the blood of a man to cleanse man from sin. And see, this this is the the beauty of this. And I've got way too many pages of notes here, so I'm just going to have to try to do it uh, without the notes. Uh, the beautiful thing about the two goats... Okay, the, the two goats are chosen and then lots are drawn because one goat is, is going to be sacrificed and, and atone for the sins of all the people. 
and the other goat, after the sins are atoned for and everything is done in the holy place, then the high priest is going to come out and, and he's going to lay hands on this other goat, which some translations call the scapegoat. The ESV uses that, the goat for Azazel, which there's some question about what that really means. Some think that Azazel referred to uh, the forces of darkness. That, but that's, there's disagreement about that. Anyway, so thinking about it as the scapegoat, that all the sins of the people are, are put on this goat, and then a, a fit person is, is, and that goat is marked with, with black on, on its head. The other one was marked with black on its neck because it, its neck was going to be cut and, and the blood taken from it. So there's, there's a story about how one time, and you know, I don't know if this is a true story. I, I kind of assume it is because it, it's in some of the commentaries. How one time the goat was taken into the wilderness and found its way back. And uh, so the religious leaders had to try to figure out what that meant. And it couldn't be good if if the animal that was carrying all the sins of the people came back, that they, they didn't want that ever to happen again. So after that point, there, there was a, a particular place where the fit man was to take this goat, and there was a cliff. <laughs> and he was supposed to help the, the goat off the cliff, so there would be no way that he could ever come back to to Israel and potentially be a curse to the nation and and the people. But that that's just kind of an interesting part. What what I want us to see is how Jesus fulfilled the role of both goats, because we know Jesus was fully God, and he was fully man. He was the Son of Man and the Son of God. So as, as the Son of Man, he, he was the goat that was sacrificed. And, and we know that, that Calvary was, was the altar on which he was sacrificed. And and that sacrifice took place outside the camp. It it took place outside of Jerusalem. And and that's where he was killed and where his blood was was shed. And his blood as a man paid for all of our sins. Once and for all. And 
And see, as, as the Son of God, he, he was not only the sacrifice, but he was the high priest. And, and this is what we're told in, in Hebrews. Uh, you can read this later in, in Hebrews 9 and 10, because it, it interprets for us. So we, we don't even have to guess anymore or deduce the, the prophetic meaning of the Day of Atonement, because it's, it's all right there. So if, if you doubt at all the, the prophetic meaning of the other feasts, this, this one is, is defined for us. And, and there's, there's prophetic meaning in, in each of the feasts because they're all pointing to Jesus. But, and, and they were all fulfilled in Jesus perfectly, but then there's, there's all, they're also pointing for a fulfillment in the church. And th- this is what we have to understand. The, the spring feasts have, have already been fulfilled in the church. Uh, the Feast of Pentecost has already been fulfilled in, in the church. Acts chapter 2. We, we are waiting still for the church to fulfill all of the fall feasts because it, it really hasn't happened yet. And, and this, this is part of the thing. Uh, I, I probably should have waited to get, get into this and finished about Jesus first, but they, they, they fit together. Because when, when Jesus was our perfect sacrifice and high priest, he, he not only purchased our, our forgiveness, but he, he purchased for us freedom from sin. And, and this, this is why I say that really no one in the church has entered into the fullness of the Day of Atonement yet because none of us have fully entered into having sin removed from us because we still sin. If, if we had fully entered into what was paid for with Jesus' atonement, we, we would not sin anymore and i i think we we may see that i I mean i i believe we will see that before jesus returns because jesus is coming back for a bride who is spotless and has made herself ready so i i don't know what the father is is going to have to do in us to bring forth such a reality, but we, we have got to hold on to this truth that the Father is so committed to the Son and so committed to the bride of the Son because of his love for the Son that he 
is going to make sure that his son has a bride who is his perfect counterpart before this is all over. And, and so what that looks like, uh, it, it's going to be glorious. Uh, and and it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I don't know how God is, is going to do it. But be sure that he will do it. Because of the Father's love for the Son and, and the Father's commitment that the Son is going to have a bride that, that will be everything that the Son wants. Yeah. Uh, could it be the trials that are coming? Yes. Uh, that's, that's what... Uh, I forget where I was even reading this uh, in this past week, but but trials draw us, force us to draw near to the Lord. They they do that, and and so, you know, we we want to avoid trials. We we don't choose trials. We <laughs> but trials produce good fruit, so. Yeah, I, I think that is it's part of the answer. I mean, as we look at the book of Revelation and how, how things are, are going to play out, uh, I, I don't believe that uh, a rapture is going to happen before the tribulation because the bride is not going to be ready be, before there's tribulation. It, it hasn't worked yet. Uh, so anyway, back back to Jesus because there there's some specific things that I really want us to see of of these two goats pointing toward Jesus on on the day of atonement. So so Jesus being fully man paid be, became the sacrifice of the day of atonement. That's that's what everything was pointing toward. Uh, he didn't have to be cleansed. Uh, we we know that he he set aside his glory to to put on human flesh. That those were the linen garments, the the simple linen garments that Aaron had to put on. He couldn't wear the garments of glory and beauty. He had to wear the simple garments of, of linen. And, and that pointed to Christ. And, and Christ, uh, <clears throat> the Son of God, was the high priest who was perfect, and, and he, he didn't need to make any atonement for himself before he could atone for the people because he was already perfectly clean. But the, the thing that, that I want us to get is, uh, and I, I'm, I'm just thankful that the Lord was so faithful to reveal this to me because of all the things I've read, nobody got this, this part. Uh, that 
Jesus, after his death on the cross, was he, he had carried all of our sins on the cross. But, but then when he went to, to the lower parts, uh, that was part of the ministry of, of the scapegoat. He, he carried our, our sins to, to the place where sins go. And he and he left them all there, all of them. And and then <laughs> he ascended to the right hand of the Father, where where now he forever lives to intercede for us, continuing in that role of high priest. It's it's so awesome. It's it's wonderful. It's it's incredible. I mean no no man could have ever figured this stuff out and and written it. I the the truths that that are in these feasts uh were were so hidden until Jesus fulfilled them all, uh, people really didn't understand what what they meant until after Jesus. And and now we can look back and say, "Oh, that's what that meant." <laughs> and and so yeah, this this is just such good stuff. Uh, and and there's there's so much here. Uh, even the tenth day of the seventh month, the day on which this took place, seven being the number of fullness and completeness and perfection, ten being the number of testing, trial, law and order, and responsibility before the Lord. Um, I've, looks like I did a fairly good job of covering the most important things from the notes. And and just the, the whole thing about the veil, uh, how it represented that separation between man and God. And 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 the the going inside the veil was was strictly regulated by a holy god but then <laughs> when his son became the atoning sacrifice and the high priest it you know i I really think Jesus got to rip the veil. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> but 
I, I can't imagine the Father letting anybody else do it. You know? Because uh, then, the, then the whole separation thing was, was done. said that just as David could see further mm. into the what Jesus accomplished before the time, and you were saying that we should be able to see where there's more for us. And I think it matches perfectly with Arnie's statement. Yes. Look into Jesus' face. Yes. I think that's the key is to look at Jesus Yes, and don't be satisfied with what we've known. Don't don't be satisfied with where people have gotten, even in the last 2,000 years. Because we should be standing on people's shoulders, getting, getting farther than they did. And, and we should be preparing to have people stand on our shoulders to get farther than, than we did. Because that, that's, that's the way God wants it to be. Uh, the bodies outside the camp, we, we talked about that. And this, this was to be an everlasting statute. And, and so, <clears throat> how, <laughs> how does that happen? Well, be, because of what Jesus did. It was, it was an annual thing that had to take place every year until... Jesus fulfilled everything. And 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 now there's there's no need for for the animal sacrifices anymore. So how is it an everlasting ordinance through people continuing to enter in to the new life? to us bringing more people into God's kingdom, us worshiping Jesus as our great high priest and the one who was the once and for all complete sacrifice who paid for everything, not leaving anything undone and you know we we just look at what Jesus said on on the cross mostly translated it is finished but more accurately translated it is complete or completed And and there's there's no need for anything else.
So we we just have to understand that all of the things pertaining to the old covenant were temporary and they were types. But the things under the new covenant are spiritual and eternal. Mm. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Aren't we glad that we're under the new covenant? Yes. <laughs> Eternal and spiritual. Hmm. Don't you want to worship again? <laughs> Well, uh, how about when you get home? <laughs> but uh, let think about this this week and, and let it bring forth thanksgiving uh, because the, this, this is such, this is the biggest thing in, in our life that our our sin is is removed our our guilt is removed once and for all and and Jesus set us free from sin and and we we can enter into more and more and more of that we we can go from glory to glory, to glory. Because that's what the Lord has for us. And and think think about the commitment of the Father to the Son for a spotless bride. And and think about yourself as part of that spotless bride. And, and just say, Lord, whatever it takes, do it in me. I, I know that's where this is going, and I don't want to miss it. I, I want to be part of that. And so, Lord, Lord Jesus, we, we are so thankful. that you purchased our forgiveness once and for all. You were the high priest and you were the sacrifice at the same time. And you were the Passover lamb. You, you were the, the Lord's goat. You were the scapegoat. You you fulfilled it all. And we we just we thank you. We bless you. We we want to bless you more. And and Lord, we, we say yes. We we want to be part of your spotless bride. So do what is necessary 
to get us there. We, we don't want to miss the wedding supper of the Lamb. We, we want to be there. And we want to be part of that bride who's made herself ready. So I, I just I pray, Father, that as we meditate on, on these truths and as we meditate on what you've done for us, that that you would even bring new revelation this week, that that we could come back and we, we could share even more that you revealed to us. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.